Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? is Appetite for Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. My name is Brando, episode 59. 59 episodes, and I've appreciated and loved every single one of my guests. Uh, and again, before I get into our, our guest today, I want to say thank you to our last guest, uh, Mr. Jack Lou, one of the sweetest and nicest people I've ever had a chance to, to speak with. But that may uh, change today because uh, Mr. Tommy Stinson is taking a break from lunch or eating while we're talking. But yes, our, our guest today is, is bassist extraordinaire, perhaps one of the most renowned and respected musicians uh, of my era, certainly. Uh, Tommy Stinson, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. Thank you. That's quite a build-up there. I don't know if I can quite take it. I might start quivering. <laughs> That's okay. As long as you have a blanket around you, you should be all right. Yeah, good, good. Where are you calling from? Because you're probably used to being cold, I guess. That's my weird segue, because you're from Minnesota, right? I am, but I live in upstate New York now. I've been living up here for about 10 years. Okay. Almost. Yeah. Um, two hours north of Manhattan, kind of thing. Okay, so that's going to answer. Yeah. That's going to answer the questions as to. Um, well, of course, we're going to talk about uh, well your band's Bash and Pop, the legendary Bash and Pop, uh, who came out with their first uh, your st- first studio record last year, the first one since '93, right? So that's quite a gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so right on. So Bash. Like keep it interesting. <laughs> yeah. Keep them waiting. Waiting. Keep them wanting more. Yeah. That's, uh, that's how it works. Exactly. So uh, Bash and Pop, uh, an awesome new band, uh, Cowboys in the Campfire, which I, if, if I may, may have the single best Facebook banner ever. <laughs> Thank if, you. <laughs> if you remember, is is that you in in Marilyn Monroe's uh, costume? Uh, you know, that is, uh, yeah, that's me and Chip, uh, horsing around. We, um, that would have been from, uh, last year's, um, Pride, you know, celebration up here. Oh, cool. That, uh, they have one every summer and we went, we went and did the walk for the, for the gay pride, you know, parade. It was a lot of fun. A bunch of our friends were in it, that kind of thing. Oh, that's amazing. Absolutely. I didn't know if it was a Halloween or if it was a regular Tuesday, but that's uh, <laughs> that's even better. So you that's, never know. Yeah, you never know. No judgments anyway, but that's so cool that you support yeah. such a, you know, a great cause and, and something that, you know, Absolutely. I support as well. Yeah, we're going to talk about the great causes. And of course, some people may know you from your other bands, The Replacements and Guns N' Roses, I guess. Um, no, maybe so. Maybe so. But uh, the main reason actually why I reached out to you, uh, it was on your banner, uh, for this upcoming event, and see now I didn't even I'm not that much of a stalker. I didn't know you you lived uh, upstate, so I was going to ask why you're doing the fundraiser there. Uh, what it's going it's called uh, Safe at Home, a benefit for the Hudson Little League, and it's going to be uh, two Saturdays. That's going to be Saturday May 5th, and also Saturday uh, May 12th. And I'm from Long Island right now. I'm broadcasting out of Tribeca. But I used to do radio cool. in the Hudson Valley. I used to do uh, work in, in Poughkeepsie, what a 1.5 WPDH. I don't know if... Nice. I don't know if... There you go. Does that reach you? Because I know it's, you're a little bit further up north, though. 
Not quite Canada. You know, I don't know if you reach if it reaches up here. I haven't. Uh, I haven't. I haven't heard. I haven't heard, and uh, that's only because I, you know, rarely have a radio on these days. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, it's all about podcasts now, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's but, what I'm thinking. But that's cool, though, because uh, my experience there really is such a beautiful part of New York. When people think of, because we have listeners. Uh, all, literally all over the world, I get messages from different countries and all that. But um, when people think of New York, they think of the city, and not much is spoken about you know, the Hudson Valley. So, uh, if I may ask, like, when did you said you've been there for a little bit? What made you move uh, move there? You know, I, I you know I've been coming up and up uh, up here for I don't know a few like a, for over a good year approximately, um, doing some work with my at the time my uh, wife's great uncle and we were working with him on some some art projects that he was you know working on and after coming up here a few times i just kind of fell for it and um it was reasonably priced housing and it was Mm -hmm. a great little neighborhood really eclectic uh, array of folks and um just decided it was kind of a good place to to set up shop yeah, no, it's, again, it's a beautiful part of New York, beautiful part of uh, the country. Maybe not now because uh, the, the spring is waiting, is taking its time to uh, arrive. But I know. It's funny how, you know, the the winter that we're having in the middle of spring, <laughs> yikes. I know. And it all this all ties in together because, of course, uh, baseball season has started. And a lot of, yep. you know, in Major League Baseball, people are complaining how cold it is, especially for pitchers grabbing uh, the ball and everything. But that's not stopping. Oh, yeah. That's not stopping the players. That's not uh, certainly not stopping the uh, the little leaguers. So, how did you get involved in, in something like this? Did you play little league as a kid? How did this uh, come about? Well, no, actually, the funny thing is, a friend of mine is on the association for little league, you know, uh, association, and he approached me about helping set up, you know, set up some shows because they, they were really underfunded. And it's one of those things up here. It used to be a big, it used to be a real big deal up here. They used to do little league parades and stuff down Warren Street and the kids would go out with, with like, you know, cans and, you know, collect money from people to kind of support their cause. Sure. And he, had, he approached me about it. I had seen a few little league games because I, my house used to be right sort of on the backside of a the little league field up here. And so my kid and I would go and watch games and stuff like that with some of her some of the kids that she went to school with and it kind of fell for it. It was kind of like a cute, fun little neighborhood thing. And so when they got, got this approach, you know, by this, this guy, Mike, uh, I kind of thought it was a perfect kind of thing to kind of get myself involved in. And I called some friends up and asked them to come up and play. I knew Alejandro has family up here. So I gave him a call and some of the other folks, you know, I just couldn't call them up. It's a good cause. You know, who can say no to the kids, right? No, absolutely. Cause it is. Uh, I mean, when I, was I used to be able to play Little League. I mean, this is a short, you know, this isn't about me, uh, but I, I have a physical disability. But before that really took over, I did play Little League as a kid. All my younger brothers played. And it really is such a community thing, not just for the, the kids, how to to learn to you know make new friends, maybe that they, they, they're not meeting in school, but for the parents, you know, as well. So oh, it, seems like it, was, it seems like it was bonding between you and your, your daughter. Did I hear that correctly? Yes, exactly, exactly. And it's kind of, you know, it is exactly that's that reason that I got involved with it. It just seemed like a really good cause. Um, you know, and, and these days, you know, kids are more inclined to get up and, you know, mess around on their iPods and their computers and yeah. their iPhones and that kind of crap. And I'm kind of, you know, kind of thought, now nah, this is going to kind of help get some kids away from that a bit and get them out on the field rubbing elbows with one another. And I think it's a whole lot more healthy for a kid to do that than 
sitting on their asses <laughs> playing on their iPads. I know, I know. And you know? this year, I think, was the uh, the 25th anniversary of the movie The Sandlot. And uh-huh. and I'm, I'm watching that, and I used to do that. I mean, I'm only 34, uh, but just right. going out and playing, you know, whether it's baseball, whether it's hockey. Uh, but now, you're right, people are just on their phones all the time and uh mm-hmm. you know events like this are so important especially when you know if there are night games they need a certain amount of money to fund the lights and, and pay the umpires and there's so many volunteers involved people taking their time just like you so uh events like this are certainly uh important so uh again that's going to be uh at the hudson brewing company saturday may 5th um i know we have listeners everywhere so if anything um, uh, are you going to be doing more events like this possibly in the future, not just in the Hudson Valley? Or, uh, you, you know, I think this one's going to be kind of a one-off for okay. me at the moment. I, help, I helped uh, the Little League uh, set up their domain and, and all that stuff so that they got their own website and just kind of help them as much as I could to kind of get, get it running a little bit better and uh, hopefully get some people out to support it. And I think, uh, you know, if they approach me next year, I'd probably do it next year. But I think that's kind of all I'm going to be able to do this year with, uh, you know, with my fundraising and things like that. Cause I'm going to be busy touring and right, making a new record and stuff here pretty quick. So it's, you know, this yeah. is my last hurrah. I got you. Well, I mean, you're given uh, not one uh, Saturday, but two Saturdays. That's a lot to, to ask. Those are probably usually gig days for you or travel days. Uh, yeah, you got it. Yeah. So, um, what is the uh, the website so people can can check it out? If anything else, it can in- hopefully inspire other li- little league uh, organizations around the country or other countries to do similar uh, fundraisers. Yeah, I do believe uh, I just set this up the other day, so I do believe it is Hudson, New York, um, Hudson Little League, New York dot com. I believe that's the domain name. I just set this up. I had a couple of the choices. I. My friend has helped me do the website, the website form and stuff too. So I think it's, I do think it's, yeah, Hudson Little League, New York, um, dot com. Cool. And I know, again, because uh, Saturday, May 5th, which is coming up soon, that is at uh, HudsonBrew.com if you want to check it out. It's going to be uh, Cowboys in the Campfire, Elvis Perkins. Uh, there's going to be, um, like, prizes. There's going to be um, – are you giving away, like, uh, music memorabilia as well, right? No. no? I think uh, the, second, the second show at Helsinki, we're going to just have an auction. Oh, okay. Donations and things like that. That's what we're going to do with that. Gotcha. So that's going to be uh, Saturday, May 12th, and that you can check out at uh, Helsinki Hudson. Uh, yeah, there'll be sports memorabilia, music memorabilia, whatever I can scrounge up from people. Right on. So uh, let's go into a little bit the first day because that includes Cowboys in the Campfire. And again, one of the best Facebook banners I've seen. Uh, how did that uh, that band uh, come about? Because that's with you and uh, Chip Roberts. Yeah, you know, I had been writing and playing with Chip Roberts since I met him, you know, 11 years ago. And uh, he and I had just had this idea. He made the painting that uh, the two cowboys in the campfire, and we talked about doing this one day, uh, going out and having a duo and taking it to the streets. And we finally got around to doing it a couple of years ago, and we've been having fun ever since. So we get out and do our thing and in between the bash and pop touring and stuff. That's so cool. Uh, and I think you did a show, and I'm still kicking myself, uh, in Brooklyn, not too far away, uh, like a, maybe a month or so ago. I think I was working, uh, so I'm hoping um, you guys come around uh, again. Oh, yeah. We're going to make a record, and we'll come right back around probably in the summer. 
So is that the the new record you were referring to? Because again, you're in so many bands. You know, it could be. An, uh, I'm going to probably do. I'm going to do a Cowboys and Campfire, you know, EP, and then probably cool. going to work up another Bash and Pop record all this summer. Right on. So stagger them out a bit. Yeah. For someone who's been doing it as long as you have, you know, you you can have a band, Bash and Pop, and you can just live off that, you know, and have fun touring. But what mm-hmm. is, it, is it still like the passion in you? Like when you have the off days to do the Cowboys and the Campfire as well. You just can't stop playing music and just going out there and performing for people. Yeah, I mean it keeps me busy, and I kind of I I do like doing it. It's it's you know it gives me something to do, and both you know the the, the bash and pop guys are in let's in are in other bands as well. So I kind of got to get them when they're available and not doing their other band stuff. But uh, so the Cowboys and Campfire thing works for me because I you know the other guys in bash and pop have other gigs that they do. You know their drummer Joe Kids and the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and. Steve Selvage is in the Hold Steady. Um, those guys, you know, they tour sporadically, but when they do, you know, I got to either find other people to play with, or as I've chosen to do, Cowboys and a Campfire duo with with a uh, old Uncle Chip, which um, it's, it's you know, it gives me a chance to keep working rather than waiting around for people, you know. Oh, for sure, um, and it also gives you time to do you know benefits and things of that nature. Well, I guess that's actually combining everything, so I guess that's not really uh, any any sort of downtime. But this yeah. this I found interesting because again you know I'm, I'm in radio and anything that um, anyone has any history in radio it just piques my interest even more. Uh, is it true that Bash and Pop the the name was picked from the now defunct uh, New York radio station WDRE? Is that true? It is. My buddy Matt Cord used to work. We used to be the DJ there, and he came up with the contest for that. So like, was it a, a contest to name your band? Like what was the what was exactly the contest? Yeah, it was like. Tommy's new band because they had the record. I think pretty much, I think pretty much in the can at that time. But I just didn't know what to call it, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to just have a be Tommy Stinson solo record. It was more of a. I felt like I wanted to be more of a band thing because I was, you know, always trying to maintain that more than just having a solo career. You know, that's so um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because DRE um, used to be WLIR. And, you know, for yeah. me from Long Island, that has major history. Uh, but now I think it's getting more of a broader audience because now there's a documentary on, on Showtime. And it's it's funny, all the six degrees of, again, uh, Kevin Bacon, GNR Bacon or whatever, um, yeah. Tina, you know, who, who works with you, uh, we, have, we have a common friend, Dennis McNamara, who was on WLAR, who's featured in that documentary that has Billy Idol and Debbie Harry. So it's just funny how all these things kind of all tie in together. Oh, totally. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So uh, to, with uh, Bash and Pop, because that was the band that you formed uh, after the replacements broke up, correct? That's correct, yep. So what was your your mindset? Because you said you didn't want it to be like solo band. Like, What was your mindset yeah. of forming a new band? What did you want to accomplish with that? Because obviously there's still an well, you know, I, I You know, I, I, st- I still, I mean, as much as the replacements had, you know, kind of, you know, we had kind of broken up at that point. I still, may, I still like the idea of being in a band rather than, you know, just having it be Tommy Stinson and a bunch of guys, you know, playing my stuff. I really kind of wanted to do to, you know, maintain that kind of group atmosphere. Um, you know, when I got into making that record with Don Smith, he was kind of like, yeah, you should probably play bass on this because, you know, um, Kevin, you know, I was, I, Kevin was not holding it together as good as we would hope, and and you know he also liked my guitar playing stuff on some of the songs. So it got to be kind of a 
you know, what I was hoping to do kind of got kind of changed up a little bit as we you know made that record and. You know, even at the end of that that process, I still wanted it to be a, a band vibe, and that touring band for that went out for a little while before I had changed it up. Um, and then after touring behind that record with a couple different lineups, I just decided that it was probably best to change band names all over again. And uh, so you know, just kind of living, you know, trial by error kind of thing, really. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did that come about as far as you wanting to be in a band and having the, the group of guys around you instead of your your solo, just being solo? Is that something that, you know, came from, from childhood? Like, if you don't mind me going back to, to Little Tommy and, and, like, how you picked up the first bass and, you know, how how did that come about? Is that something you always wanted to do? Yeah, you know, I, I did. I mean, I... Um, and I and I still and I guess I still have got that same feeling. I mean, I've done I've made a couple of solo records, but ultimately I've always liked the band atmosphere, the, the the camaraderie and all that stuff. I think it makes it makes for more interesting, lively records. And it, hence, you know, I went back to the Bash and Pop name on this last record because basically it had turned into the thing that I'd hoped the first one had turned into, um, which was a band effort. You know, I had I had guys that were in the p- part of the process of making that record, you know, completely, even more so than the first one. So it just made sense. And I've always just kind of, you know, always kind of rather be in a band than have have a solo career, you know? Sure. So what's your approach, I guess, of uh, a band versus solo? Um, as far as songwriting, collaboration, how do you approach, um, or do you have the same approach to both? And it's just, I guess, whatever the name is, is, is the difference. You know, the, the funny thing is I don't really have any sort of, you know, traditional approach to any of this. I, you know, I tend to write, I tend to write alone unless there's someone there. I tend to write with someone that's there, if you know, if it's a good vibe. Um, and I don't really, I don't have any kind of, you know, I don't sit down and do it a certain way. It just kind of, uh, kind of happens with whatever's in front of me, you know. Like whenever it strikes you, do you need to be in a certain mindset? Do you like to, like you know, a certain, do you like to have like a, a favorite writing spot or, uh, like? Yeah, you know, I I don't, and it, and it's it's always kind of been perplexing. Like it, stuff comes to me as long as I got a place to play my guitar and you know, kind of hash stuff out. It kind of just kind of comes when it comes, you know. And a lot, and a lot of times too. Um, a lot of times, if, if, if I'm a, if the writing tends to come to me when I'm when I'm in my best mood, like if I'm free and clear of you know paying bills or whatever, I'm kind of just floating, kind of happy-go-lucky kind of thing. That's usually when I pick the guitar up and start really getting into stuff. But okay. uh, you know, in a case like today, when it's really dreary out and it's raining again, and uh, <laughs> spring has not quite sprung, uh, I don't have even have a guitar in the room. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can identify with that because there could be yeah. people who they want to be in a bad headspace. Maybe that inspires them to write certain kind of lyrics. But no, I'm like you. I don't know. I, I just want to be surrounded by squirrels and flowers and and just. <laughs> I'm like, like, and there ain't a damn squirrel or a flower out right now. I know. Now it, maybe this will just mean summer is going to go into December or something. I'm just hoping it's just everything is shifted. Uh, I hope that's the case. Um, so what is um, going on with, because uh, you said Cowboys and the Campfire, you're going to be recording in, uh, a new EP. So what can we expect from that? 
Um, you know, it's kind of a stripped down kind of approach to things. Chip and I do it a duo. I play acoustic and sing. He plays either slide or lap steel. And uh, it, it's it, you know we do a little more in- instrumentation on top of that just to keep it kind of interesting sounding rather than just two dudes. But um, you know we made an EP. Well, um, in, in Dallas, or not Dallas, in Austin, we were just down there recently, and a friend of mine was producing it, um, Chris, Christian Smith, who I've known from days of playing with Jesse Mallon years ago. Um, and so we're going to probably put that out, you know, as soon as I can get a hold of those masters and mix it. And um, I think Fat Possum's going to want to put it out. They seem to indicate that, so that would be a place where that would go. Um, yeah. And, you know, we'll do that first, and then I'll start working on a Bash and Pop record. And are the lyrics uh, for, for Cowboys before uh, Bash and Pop, are the lyrics going to be cowboy-related? You're going to be talking about gold mining? Like, what kind of uh, <laughs> lyrics uh, can we expect? <laughs> Not quite that pointed. but all right. Uh, I'm just being silly. Yeah, no. No, it should be, it'll be, you know, nothing really all that different than I normally do, except it's more stripped down, probably. Right on, right on. So that's great, though, uh, with Bash and Pop, because, again, I had previously mentioned, you know, the last studio record was 93. I was 12, so I'm sorry to... No, I think... Uh, no, I was 10. I'm sorry. I was 10. I can't even do math. I was born in 83, so I was 10, even worse. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, oh, and, and that, I remember specifically, specifically because that ties everything, uh, mm-hmm. everything together, in 10, I, uh, when I was 10, I was playing... Uh, for the Pinstripes, a Little League uh, baseball team. And I, oh, nice. Yeah, and it was owned by a baseball card company, and they gave us, um, like, cards. And I think I got, like, a Sammy Sosa rookie card in that, which, of course, now is worth nothing because, you know, he, he did steroids, <laughs> steroids and everything. Uh, so it's right, great. Right. So you came out with um, Bash and Pop, uh, Anything Could Happen in 2007, and that's so awesome. We're going to hear uh, you guys again. So when can we expect that release? You know, with a little luck, I'll get it done by the fall. Wow. I got to round up the guys, get them out to the studio, go to, go to Memphis probably in May and work with Steve Selvage on some stuff. And, uh, you know, hopefully record it this summer. That's amazing to come out with these, these two uh, EP and, and records so quickly. So that means you're really going to be traveling all over. So, I mean, are you even thinking about touring yet or are you just focusing on the music uh, at the moment? You know, stuff kind of comes up, and if good things come up, I'll you know I'll switch gears and take with a good you know if it's a festival or a good show here or there. And as long as everyone's available, I'll take them. Um, like we're doing a we're playing uh, where you know you know where Brownies used to be in Manhattan. Brown, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're opening up a new club there. My buddy Jesse Mound's part of it. It's called a uh, Coney Island Baby, and uh, we're gonna Passion Pop is gonna be playing that opening week that they're uh, open up and I guess that's going to be the week the Friday the Thursday before the uh, the May 12th gig at Helsinki so it'd be like a warm up gig for us right there you know in the city but like stuff like that comes up and it's you know if everyone's available we'll take them you know Awesome. Uh, I definitely want to go to that. So I'm, I'm assuming you're going to announce these on your, your Facebook and, and TommyStinson.com? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's. I'll a- get all the particulars out of Jesse here in the next day or so. I'll pop them up there and you'll see what's going on. Right on. Is everything going to be in, in the States? I mean, obviously for me, I'm selfish. I, you know, as long as it's Long Island or New York, it's, you know, for me. But again, we have listeners and I have a couple of questions for you, um, if you don't mind asking, but people from Spain, people from Sweden. So do you foresee 
uh, going overseas? Because uh, I know this is a stripped down thing, and that's a lot to, <clears throat> to travel. But do you foresee? Uh, we've actually actually been talking. We've been talking with uh, with a promoter over in Spain, actually. Oh, and, cool. And um, trying to hook up a little uh, England or European run with me and Chip um, with the Cowboys and Campfire thing. But that stuff, you know, it's, it takes it takes a while to hook it up. But we're open to all that. We like I said, we're already talking to Spain. They kind of there's a promoter over that really wants to get us out there. <clears throat> so we'll see. See that's all things possible. See that's great. That, if anything else, that's just a lot. A lot. This is a lot to look forward to from you, Tommy. That's in, that's incredible. Um, cool. Well, thank you. you oh, no, thank you. Um, you know, for the, just the great music you continue to uh, to provide us. Now, if um, if you don't mind, I have a couple of uh, GNR questions. If you don't mind. All right. Well, one, uh, I, I get a question from Spain. Speaking of of Spain, this is from uh, Javier. He just wants to know: Is there anything about the unreleased uh, song going down? You know, I was wondering about that the other day myself. I don't really know what's going to happen with that song um, in the future or not. Um, um, I'm still in touch with all those guys, and you know, I haven't really seen them since I saw the the show last year, last fall. But um, it's an interesting question, I, and I don't really have an answer for it. I don't know if they would ever put it out, being that I sang it. You know, but you never know. Axel is. And he comes up with some some different ideas about things all on his own, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know as well as you, but I'm just kind of like the, the typical yeah. reporter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that sounds interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind if I ask uh, how you first met uh, Axel? Yeah. Well, I, you know, they Duff had quit, um, and my buddy Josh Fries was already playing drums with them, and. I happened to be rehearsing, you know, the rehearsal hall when Josh came in for some other band he was working with or whatever. And he had joked about me coming out and trying it out. And they said, how we need a bass player. And, you know, he's kind of making fun of it kind of in a funny way. And I kind of said, I'll try it out. So I actually learned up a few songs and went out there just on a lark. Hmm. And, uh, you know, they videotaped it and sent up to Axel and he was really into it. And, you know, the rest is history. And, he came down a little while, little you know, a couple of days after that. We met, and, and uh, the idea I thought was pretty, pretty punk rock. I mean, and trying to maintain the whole thing without any of the other guys, the original lineup and stuff was kind of ballsy. I thought, and uh, I, I, I went in. Had you seen the um, like the original band in any in form? Because uh, I mean, obviously you were in your placements and doing your solo stuff. I mean, I know sometimes with musicians it's hard to see other concerts. But had you seen uh, the early days of of GNR at all? No, I never saw any of those shows. Mm. I almost probably saw the one in when they were opening for Aerosmith, but I, I I think I got there too late for that show to have caught them. But I think they were the opening band on that run that I saw Aerosmith on. Gotcha. Well, I, I was lucky enough to uh, to see you with the GNR. This was 2002, uh, Madison Square right. Garden, and that was just uh, that was my first time ever seeing GNR. Was your version of it? So that was just oh. a cool experience. And I actually, just saw your your former bandmate uh, Buckethead uh, at BB King's, which apparently is closing, which is awful. Oh wow! No kidding. Yeah, I figured. No, I didn't know, BB. Didn't know that. Yeah, uh, it's, it figures as soon as like because I'm a New Yorker, it's a shame that I had never been there before. But as soon as, of course, I finally go to a concert there and they're closing. So I assume it's my fault, clearly. <laughs> no, it's 
stuff happens everywhere. No, of course. <laughs> um, and, and another question, uh, if you don't mind, from uh, another listener. This is from uh, Johan in uh, Sweden. Uh, if you can, what were you guys doing between 03 and 05? Because I know that era was such a, a unique era of, of the band. Like, were you writing, recording, rehearsing, or just chilling, doing your own thing? If you can speak about that. Yeah, you know, there was all kinds of there was all kinds of big breaks, you know, where we would just, you know, go into sort of uh, sort of untouring, unworking mode, and that's when I would kind of do other things on my own, other projects. And I can't match, imagine exactly what that was in that period of time that I was doing, but usually when we had downtime, I'd be working on other music or producing someone or what have you. Right on, right on. Um, see, that's my impression of you because I never got to see the replacements, and I, I have to obviously. I got to see Cowboys in the Campfire and Bash and Pop whenever you guys are around, uh, especially since it's so intimate. And I prefer those intimate shows. It's just your the the glow that you give off on stage. It's such a mix of just like being punk rock, the Sid Vicious attitude, but then you're you're smiling. You see, you're you're getting along with your bandmates. So that was something I, I noticed when kind of Duff was coming coming back with the band, and you were just you know, hugging him on stage and uh, just being so cool about everything. So um, what was that experience like when he, I guess, was kind of making his way back into the band and, you know, then you were spinning off to do, uh, you know, your own thing again and, you know, re, re, yeah, yeah. revitalize well, Bash he, and Pop? You know, he, um, you know, he, uh, when I met with him, I met with him, you know, well before, he was back in the band off stuff. We just met together for coffee and just to, you know, shoot the breeze. We had some mutual friends, um, you know, kind of hooked that up. And, you know, it was in Burbank. We went and met at Starbucks. Sat down. Turns out, you know, one of his bands early on had opened the replacement show in Seattle. I didn't know that. We had oh, to wow. chat about it and had a laugh. And um, he was always just, you know, very cool to me and a very good guy. Always liked him uh, as a guy and a player. And, after meeting him initially, you know, we kind of once in a while just, you know, throw a text out to each other and, hey, what's going on? How are you doing out there? And stuff like that. He's that kind of guy. So, um, and so it's been always been kind of cool to know him. Awesome. Because you said you're still in touch and, and um, this is leading to your, you know, your new bands and because not their, their most recent leg, but when they first did the Not In This Lifetime, they had such an eclectic array of opening acts. So if you're still in touch yeah, with them, yeah. you know, in touch with them, do you foresee maybe, you know, opening for GNR in the future uh, with whether Bash and Pop or which would be awesome if you did Cowboys in the Campfire, just you know, you and Ship <laughs> opening up for Guns N' Roses <laughs> would be a unique experience, and I think the fans would really, uh, you know, love to see you on stage and on that kind of platform again. It would it would be it would be funny, and I'll be honest with you. I actually threw that out there to him a while ago. Yeah, because okay. I figure hell, it doesn't hurt to ask, right? We're all still friends. What the hell? But uh, no, I I never heard back from that, which is which is fine. I can totally understand that they're doing their own thing and stuff. And yeah, well, <clears throat> well, you never know. I mean, that's just you never anything could happen, right? <laughs> that just seems to be the case with uh, with you and your career, because you're saying like you'll keep certain names of bands and you're trying to get the right group of guys together, and just changing the name and you know, of course, GNR is their own story. I mean, I'm doing a podcast about it. I mean, 59 episodes, 58 episodes, whatever it is, I can't even remember at this moment in time. Uh, right. But that's just uh, again, nothing is is 
everything's left to chance. That's what I'm trying to say. So yeah, you, exactly, exactly. You, you just never know. So that's that's cool that you still have a, a cool relationship uh, with them. But obviously, the main focus and the fact that you're putting out uh, not only uh, Cowboys in the Campfire EP. Uh, Bash and Pop new record, and you'll be touring and possibly even overseas is just uh, phenomenal. And uh, doing all that while still giving your time to the charity in Little League. And I hope to see you in baseball pants. Will we see you perform in baseball pants? Uh, you never know. I can find a <laughs> pair that I like that fit me. You just never know. I got you. And you never played sports as a kid? Not, not nothing? Like, were yeah, you I used to play. I played football a little bit when I was a kid. Um, you know, just, you know, nothing, nothing, you know, other than just playing with your buddies out in front of school, that kind of thing. But <laughs> that's kind of what I was into until I picked up base. Now I'm, no, I'm really into now is basketball. Oh yeah. Who's your team? Uh, you know, I'm really into the Sixers right now. I'm kind of, I catch you. I always kind of been into the Sixers now that I think about it. How'd that come but, uh, Yeah. How'd that come How come you're not a Timberwolves fan or not even like a Knicks fan or a Nets fan? How did the uh, Sixers come about? You know, it's because I've just, I've always had friends in Philly, I guess is probably the real, real reason for that. Okay. Kind of comes, comes with that. All right. Fair enough. Like, I hope you do more events uh, like this and the fact that you're giving uh, your time. So, again, uh, it's going to be Saturday. For those in the area, uh, Saturday, May 5th, um, that's going to be the Hudson Brewing Company. And uh, Saturday, May 12th at Club Helsinki. Uh, are, for people who can't make it, are they able to make donations online? Yes, they are. I think, uh, I think at the moment um, you can go to the Hudson Little League Facebook page. I think there's a button in there uh, where you can push and make donations if you should feel like it. Uh, and also, like I said before, if you look up for the uh, Hudson Little League New York.com website to be open pretty soon here, there's going to be a, there'll be a button on there for you to donate to through PayPal. Oh, amazing. And knowing uh, the GNR fans, are obviously just fans of, uh, of you, I'm sure you'll be getting a, a lot of, uh, of donations and helping out a lot of kids stay away from the iPhones and the iPads and actually <laughs> exactly, you know, exactly. playing sports. Um, before I let you go, because you mentioned, because um, I want to, well, now that I, because I, I have you here, uh, how did you first get into, into music? Was it your parents? Was it a sibling? Like, how did you, you know, what was the, the route that brought you along this path that you're still rocking and doing everything? It was my older brother, my older brother, Bob. He, uh, he caught me, told me how to, showed me how to play bass, uh, when he, he came back from being gone for, he was gone for a while, got in some trouble as a kid and went to like a, like a boys reform place or whatever for a while. When he came back from that, he had some instruments and he caught me messing around with the bass and he quickly showed me how to play it. And, uh, that's his history. Any specific bands he, uh, he turned you on to like, like, you know, who, who did you, who did oh, you, he was, to? <laughs> a whole lot of Johnny winter and, and, uh, you know, and yes, and prog rock stuff like that. Um, early on. And, uh, yeah, mostly a lot of Johnny Winter in there. Okay, okay. Yeah. Are you doing the same thing with your daughter? Are you trying to uh, to program her to be a rocker? Uh, like, what, what, or every time she's in the car, you know, do you play a, you know, do you play your music for her, or do, does she listen to One Direction or Five Seconds of Summer? Yeah, she she's got her own thing. She likes a lot. Of, she likes a lot of different stuff, but I don't really, I don't really go down that road. I let the kids figure out where they want to be and how they want to be it. That's cool. 
Yeah, because I, when I was talking to uh, the comedian uh, Jim Florentine from that metal show, he's like, with his uh, son, he's like, he just puts on metal in the car, and, and that's just like brainwashing his kid just to love metal. So you just never know. <laughs> you know, for yeah, someone, uh, you know, when when the famous become parents, you never know how they're going to treat their their young ones. And I'm like that way because I'm the oldest of four, four boys. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. my, my youngest brother just turned 22 today. And I try as hard as I can, you know, here's here's the replacements, here's Guns N' Roses, here's Metallica, here's all these bands, but he he likes his uh his hip hop, so I don't know. I failed there him somewhere. I failed him somewhere, I guess. But I guess that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone's got their own bit, man. Yeah, no, as long as they're they're happy and healthy, that's all that matters. So the fact exactly, that Exactly, exactly. That's what I always I got from you. You always something like such a happy guy and uh and uh, I guess I can't I can't thank you enough for for your time. You know, I was actually this might have been like the first interview in a while. I was kind of nervous for. It's like, oh God, Tommy Stinson, and I got like you know I've been doing radio for 15 years. I don't get nervous that often. I'm like, yeah. I'm an awkward well, you know stuttering Jew normally, but that's that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. But I got a little more awkward uh, before, so I appreciate you uh, you know taking time from your lunch and uh, giving us the the time and. Hopefully we can uh, help you out to you know, pay for some more uh, baseballs and you know light up the. I think they're the only. What did it say in the press release? It's the only field in uh, Columbia County with field lights, and that's so yep, important, especially exactly. you know in this time when spring is yet to be sprung and it gets still dark really early. That's you don't want to go inside. You want to play until uh, you know the wee hours of the night and be able to see what you know what base you're, you're running to. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, donate, donate, donate. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, anything else? I mean, I, I can't even think of anything else that you might have on, on deck other than, you know, Cowboys in the Campfire, Bash and Pop, Safe at Home. You've covered all the bases, my friend. No Pun intended or no pun intended? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Tommy, thank you so much for your time, and uh, I'm going to see you out on the road for sure. Cool, man. I appreciate it. You have a great day. So there you go, Mr. Tommy Stinson, the extremely busy Tommy Stinson. Uh, thank you, uh, for, you know, to him for giving me you know, some of his time. You know, uh, he didn't have to do it, but obviously he doesn't have to do uh, the benefit um, for the uh, the Hudson Little League. But he he's a good dude, and that's what he does. Uh, hopefully, he does more in the future. But obviously, in the meantime, we have uh, things we know for a fact to look for in the future, and that's uh, new music from uh, from Tommy. And that's uh, certainly other than helping the kids. Uh, the most important thing is uh, the new music that he is uh, he's putting out from such a legendary uh, musician. So uh, that concludes uh, episode 59 of Appetite for Distortion. Insanity. Uh, also insanity, which is, well, I was going to say it's insanity. That's insane. I'm, I'm thinking I'm running out of words. I'm still nervous somehow from, from, from talking to Tommy. Um, well, uh, on the way with certain guests, uh, I haven't yet to uh, announce, which is pretty cool. I didn't want to announce Tommy, and it was also it was confirmed yesterday. I try to do this in, in real time as much as I can. Uh, so uh, tomorrow's 420. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, <laughs> so today being the 19th. So it was confirmed yesterday. So it was a quick turnarounds, uh, which was just amazing. But as far as uh, upcoming guests that I can uh, now tell you, uh, Jamie Hunting. And that came as a suggestion from mygnrforum.com, which was great. And if you don't know the name, and I honestly, I didn't, uh, but the more and more I have learned about him, I am so excited to talk to him. I mean, well, actually, I did talk to him on the phone uh, yesterday. He is from the, the Outpatients, 
And if you're not aware, uh, he was a, bas- uh, a bassist with that band with West Arkeen. That was West's band. And he was really good friends with West. And uh, when we were talking on the phone yesterday, he was telling me, he's like, West died in my house. Uh, I found him. I mean, it's going to be uh, definitely a heavy episode, but uh, it turned into some fun conversations about him t- telling uh, David Lee Roth to shut the fuck up. <laughs> it was just hilarious. So uh, Jamie uh, Hunting is going to be in the future. And also something I didn't get to mention, I read one of your comments on uh, iTunes. Thank you for always uh, you know, leaving a review on iTunes. That's going to help more people find us. But somebody suggested uh, getting on Tyler Bryant again. Because he was a great uh, episode, and he has uh, even more great stories. I mean, Tommy Stinson has great stories, but he's been around for a while. But someone like Tyler Bryant, who's been around, but he's on the younger side, has great stories that we didn't get to enough. So I had reached out to to Tyler after they announced they're going to be opening up for GNR again this summer, and they agreed. Uh, manager said he had a good time. So <laughs> when the manager says uh, they had a good time, that's great. So hopefully Tyler Bryant, uh, along with some uh, of his bandmates, uh, next time will be a, a future episode. Uh, so that's going to be uh, badass. Uh, and as far as the uh, also uh, the next episode, I know for sure, because Tommy Stinson was a surprise to me, a happy surprise. Uh, that's going to be Johnny Kelly from Type O Negative can't wait to talk to him and uh, the Guns N' Roses tie in that is uh, that he plays with Hookers and Blow with Dizzy Reed so that's going to be amazing that's going to be episode 60 oh my goodness 60 episodes endless hours of talking about uh, Guns N' Roses and related topics and related people so that is uh, all thanks to you so uh, keep helping me out by not only uh, suggesting guests for me for uh, with, uh, with submitting questions which is always of course appreciated and encouraged um, if you haven't already, give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the AFD show. Follow us on Twitter at the AFD show. Uh, follow and subscribe on iTunes, on iHeart, and so Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spreaker. I believe those are all. If I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm missing any. Oh, yes. I'm missing perhaps uh, one of the most exciting and important of all, and that's the fact that we're featured on alternativenation.net. Uh, thanks. They they put up uh, an article about our, our last episode with uh, with Jack Lou. So if you don't have uh, if time to listen, uh, Brett from Alternative Nation takes uh, time to transcribe some key parts of our interviews. So I'm um, looking forward to uh, to working with him and continually working with him. And actually, you could work with him in Alternative Nation uh, if you want to uh, submit a podcast of your own or have an idea of your own. We are trying to create a new rock podcast network. So if you want to get involved, please hit up alternativenation.net and uh, maybe we'll be working together on a podcast someday. Stranger things have happened. Like the fact that I'm interviewing and I just interviewed Tommy Stinson. That's just uh, that's pretty crazy. We never would have thought. Unbelievable. So as far as the next episode of the AFD show is concerned, well, uh, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if as soon as the word, but you'll see it. security, I'm going home.